You are listening to the Independent News Hour on WBAI 99.5 FM and on WBAI.org. I am your co-host, Ambagir Garian, here with my other host, John Tarleton. And uh, we are going to be turning to Coney Island for our second segment, where tenants in NYCHA complexes, of which there are 10, have been fighting against their buildings being privatized. Over recent decades, the federal government has decided to privatize essentially all the existing public housing in the country. That is housing that's owned and managed by the housing authority. So here it's NYCHA. In the early 80s, the government stopped building public housing and start carrying out those schemes, which have been developed much further in other cities. For example, we have uh, San Francisco, uh, where there's no more public housing and an extremely high rate of homelessness. And so with privatization, those buildings are essentially taken over by private companies who have then the ability to convert the buildings to market rate uh, rents, uh, which obviously results in tenant displacement. And in New York City, the companies that have uh, taken over so far have been essentially slum lords. The city brought in a man named Greg Russ, who is in charge of privatization schemes in a number of U.S. cities, most recently Chicago. NYCHA started privatizing here in 2016, and Human Rights Watch released a report in the beginning of last year called The Tenant Never Wins. That's The Tenant Never Wins. They went to Ocean Bay, the first development that was privatized in Far Rockaway, where they found that the eviction rate was twice as high after privatization and that there were rent increases and no repairs. The city's current plan is to convert 62,000 units to these public-private partnerships by 2028. Since launching the plan in 2016, 36,000 apartments across 137 developments have undergone conversion or in the process. And there's been some change in the names of these privatization plans from RAB to PACT to housing preservation trust schemes. But at the end of the day, what's happening is that public housing is going into private hands. And so we have an organization called the United Front Against Displacement, or UFAD, which is a national tenant organization against gentrification. And I spoke earlier with one of their New York City organizers named Chantel and a tenant organizer down in Coney Island named named Orlando Mendez, whose family has lived in the O'Dwyer houses. And again, that's one of 10 complexes down there since it opened in the 1980s. UFAT has been organizing against privatization here in New York, as well as other cities um, like Boston and San Francisco, Oakland, uh, for a few years. And actually, um, some tenants at Haber Houses, which is a senior development in Coney Island, um, called UFAD to say, we've heard about privatization. Um, and we're already organizing against it, um, but, you know, we want to be able to work together. So from that, um, we formed a UFAD branch in Coney Island and have, have been organizing against privatization at these various developments, which Orlando can talk about more. I will say there was a victory at Haber Houses where the vast majority of tenants signed a petition opposing privatization, which did pressure NYCHA to say that they're not going to privatize um, at Haber. Great. And Orlando, you are living at O'Dwyer Houses. Uh, uh, talk a little bit about how you got involved with this struggle um, against privatization and with uh, UFAD. I know you're a member of UFAD Coney Island. Um, and tell us a little bit what is at risk uh, for, for your neighbors and fellow tenants and uh, how your neighbors and fellow tenants have also been sort of mobilizing. 
So um, I got involved uh, fairly recently um, with the organizing that, that took place at uh, Haber Houses. Actually, the the final final event that took place, which was the uh, the protest that took uh, place on Surf Avenue, Twenty Fifth Street, uh, several weeks ago. Um, I, you know, became aware of what was going on, and I took interest in it because I knew of the danger of privatization uh, going back uh, when it began in 2016, which is when um, my neighbors started expressing concerns and alarm about uh, the uh, looming privatization of our complex, O'Dwyer Gardens. So I I became involved um, because of the the fact that you look at my neighbors, you look at the residents, um, the majority of people that live in uh, NYCHA complexes are a lot of there's a, a large number of senior c- citizens, uh, elderly people um, over the age of 60, people in their 70s and 80s and beyond. Uh, but there's also a number of uh, disabled people that occupy these apartments. And so it w- became very concerning that you, privatization um, threatens uh, displacement uh, because of the fact that the the developers and the uh, managers are able to uh, manipulate and increase the rents and, of course, the increased level of evictions for probably petty reasons, finding a reason to evict people, um, to vacate the apartments, et cetera, et cetera. So my my neighbors have been uh, alarmed and, and concerned about it. It's caused a lot of stress amongst the senior population here, um, literally displacement uh, to them means homelessness. You look at it and you say they've got no place else to go if they were to lose their homes, their apartments, that many of the people who lived here for years. So there's not a wealthy element to the tenants here. Um, There are are a lot of retirees here besides um, the elderly uh, immigrants and uh, people that occupy these apartments. A lot of people don't realize how many uh, retired New York City employees live in these apartments. On my floor alone, I've got uh, two New York City retirees um, that live on my floor, but there are others. There are retired teachers, there are retired transit authority uh, workers, there are retired uh, NYCHA employees living in these buildings and other city agencies. Uh, so these are not wealthy people. Um, you know, that uh, most people are on fixed income. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people um, uh, that live in these units uh, work like I do because I, I'm not retired, I still work. Um, and so, you know, you look at it and you say, I cannot afford uh, an apartment such as uh, 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 has been built across the street with um, the um, uh, Ocean Drive apartments, the two building complex that was built by John Cuts and the Cities, where studio apartments started $1,800 a month. And you look at it and you say, you know, what the average rents are, uh, you know, outside of NYCHA. Um, so you, you look at it and you look at the stress. Um, that has created, um, you know, stress that's not needed by elderly people, people that 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 have struggled and and you know lived to a ripe old age, and you know they don't need the stress of, of, of or the thought of being displaced and losing their units and possibly becoming homeless. So right. I became involved with that uh, because I was concerned about my neighbors, about the residents of of, of the NYCHA complexes throughout uh, Coney Island, of which there are many, and of which there are many tenants. And that is John Katzmanzidis, uh, New York's very own oil baron. I'll leave it at that. People can look him up. Correct. (laughs) 
And Orlando, you have lived in NYCHA, or your family has lived in NYCHA for decades uh, since the O'Dwyer houses were built, actually. So um, talk a bit about how that ties into your perspective uh, as far as uh, declining conditions go and how uh, the declining conditions are what push some tenants to uh, be in favor of privatization, but how um, it's all somewhat of a farce. Right. So my, my family has occupied this apartment since 1968, uh, when, when O'Dwyer Gardens first opened. So that's 55 years. I am, uh, the third generation of my family. My grandmother and aunt were the original tenants. My father was the second tenant and I am now the third tenant officially at this apartment. Um, so, you know, you look at it and you, when these apartments first opened, O'Dwyer Gardens, uh, complex was the gem of nature at the time. It was a, unbelievable complex um people just couldn't believe it was it was public housing because of the fact that a we have terraces b we have a, a air conditioning ducts none of the other prior nitro buildings had ducts for air conditioning for for the ability for tenants to actually place air conditioners in their in their apartments and uh, not boil in the summertime here so it was a very different complex it was a Really, uh, quite, quite a nice complex when it was first built. Uh, you know, the tenants that moved in to these buildings and these apartments were very proud to live here. You know, when people asked, where, where do you live? I, I live at O'Dwyer. You know, it was, there was pride. There was a ring of pride and having to say that to people that asked. Um, but you know, over the decades, over the years, you, you, you saw the decline, um, of NYCHA and, and the decline of O'Dwyer Gardens and uh, the decline of uh, O'Dwyer Gardens uh, for the longtime tenants uh, has been a very sad event. Um, you know, many of us remember what these buildings were like when they were first built and, and looking at the declines and the lack of maintenance and the elevator service constantly breaking down. And then, you know, several months ago, we have we have infrastructure construction going on here uh, at O'Dwyer, uh, but throughout the complexes in in, um, in uh, Coney Island for the Sandy Recovery uh, Infrastructure uh, Improvements. Um, so there's a, that, that's actually caused a, a lot of a lot of issues for us uh, throughout the island, as particularly here at uh, O'Dwyer Gardens. Uh, several months ago, we lost uh, our gas at that at several buildings my building was was completely without gas for for two weeks however however that's not the worst of it because one of the buildings has been without gas for a year uh and and that's just the tip of the iceberg because uh some some apartments um i believe surfside uh, has been without gas for going on two years wow yeah so so we, can, look- we can see why people would be open to um, another option, especially if they're being told that uh, privatization can help some of these conditions. But Chantel, uh, you're saying that that is not uh, how things tend to go, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Um, Actually, I think last time UFAD was on the independent, um, we were talking about the situation at Harlem River Houses. Um, So that uh, was privatized last year taken over by the slumlord cnc management and the situation there has gone much much worse um since the privatization in terms of repairs you know the heat went out the first day that the company took over um so things definitely get worse oh okay 
So, um, Orlando, let's talk a little bit now about um, the question of casinos being brought in right near you. Uh, former city council person Andrew Carnegie is uh, pushing hard, along with many developers and business people, to have casinos built um, right near you on the Coney Island stretch. Can you talk a little bit about that and uh, the community's response? He was brought in to a lobby on behalf of the, the developers and to promote it and to kind of uh, spread the propaganda and the lies of what what the casinos uh, propose they will bring to uh, our community. Um, so uh, the reaction um, to, to him uh, hasn't been very, very received very well. Um, uh, some folks are aware of the fact that he's, he's a, a politician, a former city council member, essentially hired, you know, to, to promote and um, to, to deceive the community into what we will, how we will benefit uh, from the casino. So the majority of us here haven't been fooled by that, by that. Um, not at all. It's not the first time that we faced the, the, the proposal of casino here. So a lot of longtime Coney Islanders that were pro- opposed to casinos here in the 70s uh, continue to be uh, uh, opposed to this contemporary proposal. Um, it's not not something that people want. We're, we're, we're kind of a, a small a small town kind of a mentality here. Coney Island, uh, you know, changed in the 50s and the 60s with uh, with urban renewal and the bringing of the high-rise uh, NYCHA complexes. Before that, it was a low-rise community. Uh, and, you know, that small small town uh, mentality of survived until recently. Um, it actually still survives. So people aren't, aren't in, in, into the... The, the, the fact that, you know, uh, the, the neighborhood is being uh, gentrified and uh, additional high rises are coming in and the additional density of of, of community members, uh, the number of, of, of people uh, living in communities uh, is, is increasing um, incredibly. Um, and how, how that stresses out, um, you know, overpopulation, um, not enough uh, uh, schools uh, for the children that will move into this community, overtaxed infrastructure so far as transportation is concerned. We have a poor West End transportation uh, system here with the buses, the two, the two, the, actually three buses that service our community. There's just not enough of them and very often uh, during during rush hour and commuting time in the morning for, you know, people that work and, and school children, the buses are always, always overcrowded. There's just not enough buses. Uh, so there's a lot of stress that the that the uh, looming casino brings because of additional development, additional uh, density that it's going to bring, additional traffic, which which overwhelms us here in the summertime. One of the biggest complaints of people that, that live here is the, the extreme amount of traffic. Uh, it's just an overwhelming thought for a lot of people um, that live here that it's a transformative kind of a, a, a situation that we face here with, with the uh, casinos. And never mind the additional construction of the high-rise buildings that are coming here. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's the destruction of Coney Island as we know it, as we knew it, as we grew up, grew up in. So right. we're not, so we're, we're, we, you know, we're organizing to oppose what's going on with A, the privatization of NYCHA and of course the coincidental uh, prospect of a, t- uh, of a casino uh, coming here that we really don't want. Absolutely. Um, well, more power to you all. Uh, that is that is a, a serious fight. So um, 
And we'll, we'll wrap it up here in these last couple minutes. Uh, Chantel, tell us a little bit about how uh, other complexes and other neighborhoods around the city are involved in similar uh, organizing efforts against this privatization um, and what uh, we have uh, coming up uh, on the docket for uh, actions in Coney Island and how people can get involved um, and attend uh, and keep up with you all if they'd like to. Yeah, so, you know, just um, to kind of build off what Orlando was saying, I mean, we really see that the the rich and powerful, you know, the, the developers, the politicians, the banks that are backing a lot of this development, um, they have a plan for Coney Island, for all of New York City, um, and really every city in the country to be, you know, a playground for, for the rich. And anyone who stands in the way of that, uh, they want to get rid of. So... Uh, you know, we have to come together to um, build some resistance, oppose these schemes. Um, in terms of things at Coney Island, uh, right now we have ongoing petition efforts at actually every development in Coney Island. Um, so in terms of the fight against the privatization, uh, we have a protest this Saturday, April 22nd at 2 p.m. Um, at an intersection between a few of the developments at West 33rd and uh, Neptune. So if people um, can come out to that, that would be great. Um, that's at Surfside Gardens, where um, there's been at least a few hundred tenants that have signed on to a petition opposing privatization. And then tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, April 19th, we're having a protest against this proposed casino. Um, that's at 6 p.m. outside of uh, Gargiulo's restaurant on uh, West 15th and Mermaid, um, where the, the developers are trying to sell this um, casino scheme to people. Um, so we're going to be there to uh, say that, you know, the community is very, very opposed to this. Great. And then how can people uh, get in touch with the United Front Against Displacement or follow you all if they would like to? Yeah, so um, we're on social media uh, at the UFAD um, across social media. We do have actually a Facebook group for UFAD Coney Island. Um, we have a website where we add um, updates about the struggle in Coney Island, as well as, um, I forgot to mention, we're organizing right now against the PAC privatization at Manhattanville Houses in West Harlem. Um, but, you know, we really, uh, we know that any successful movement and fight against privatization has to be across NYCHA. So we really want to, um, you know, if you live in NYCHA or know people in NYCHA, you want to organize and fight against privatization, please reach out. Absolutely. Well, uh, Chantel and Orlando from the United Fronts Against Displacement, and specifically at Coney Island, in Orlando's case, thank you so much for joining us on the Independent News Hour on WBAI, and uh, we'll be keeping up with you.